Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. is a pretty serious message. Um, please, if you're a new Christian or you're a visitor, you're not yet saved maybe, please accept this as my apology, a disclaimer. But this is a type of life that probably you will get to if you're saved of determining your way forward. M- meaning this, can I just start the message? And the band was great. Boy, I didn't know Luke Eagle could play bass so well. And and Rebecca, you are awesome on that keyboard. Give them a hand. They're awesome. Praise God. So we're starting the, the, the sermons called uh, clean, clean Slate, Fasting and Praying, Clean Slate. A lot of churches have already prayed in January, and um, we're praying now. The C3 movement began a prayer and fast 21 days, um, and we've begun. I began on Friday because I just wanted to get a little head start. And um, so three days of water, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, tomorrow I will have some juice and then I'll do juice uh, for the rest of those days. That's how I do it. That's, you know, that's how I do it. Your groove is different. As Candace said, if you want to fast Facebook, your TV, your secular books, um, if you want to fast chocolate, sweet things, spicy things, and, you, and like, let's go there. Daniel 10.2 says, at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. That means he prayed and fasted for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. So, man, you need to go on a fast, man. You, you know. <laughs> when you're desperate, when you're desperate for God to move in your life, fasting will help with God results. Amen. I know it to be true. I've, my first fast was for three days when I was 16. It wasn't because of the Lord. It was because we were vegans or vegetarians in the mid-70s, surfy. Uh, we were trying everything, including being, uh, you know, quite radical with our diets, living on just uh, fruit and veggies at Kulangata for six months. That was interesting. But anyway, let's not go there. And... Um, I was actually a vegetarian for seven years, so was Julie. Julie had cancer at a young age, cancer, and uh, she beat that thing with, I believe, providence of God, but also her diet. And so it can clean you out, it can give you a fresh start, and um, I believe everyone needs to fast at least, this is, the, this is the pastor in me now, I believe everyone needs to fast at least once a year for three days. You can fast. It's, it's a real battle the first day, and uh, you, you need to pray it all through. You can't do it watching TV. You can't do it doing Facebook. You, if you pray, you can get through that first day. That first day is, is hell. It's war on your soul, on, on your body. Your body's crying out, and I want to explain about that later. But Daniel, the Daniel fast, 21 days, is from the book of Daniel, And it says, at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat, no wine, touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. And we know the story. 
the angels broke through and blessed him. Fasting helps you uh, hear God. Some of you need to personally, you can hear us, you can hear some of our great leaders. And by the way, Garth, Pastor Garth Ball preached the most, oh my God, the bar is just going up in this house, the, the bar of preaching. That podcast, get it out there, because that was the best, that was the best um, sermon on prayer. And, and, and I love the way you did it too, you know, and, and uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to do it the same as you tonight, Garth, as being so pastoral. I'm going to be the father of the house, and I'm going to try and make sense of a scripture that Jesus gave, and in doing that, I've got to speak truthfully through it. I can't let you off the hook that much. But Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Fasting breaks strongholds. It breaks the demonic off your life. If you're struggling with things that you know that's a diabolical hold on your life, fasting can break those things off. I want to prove it to you. Amen? Firstly, that scripture where it says in Mark 9.29, I hope the scriptures are going up. Sorry, I sent an email to the guys. It didn't go through and they at the last, give it up for the AV guys. They're doing their best. They only got the thing as we were worshiping, punching it in. It's real, fasting is real. And it says, Mark 9, 29, and he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing else but by prayer and fasting. He's talking about the disciples trying to loose someone from a devil. So let's go to Matthew 17, 15. I'm gonna move along pretty quickly. And uh, 17, 15 to 16 to 17. Yeah, let's, let's look at Matthew 17. If you've got your Bible, please take notes, please. Uh, that's the best thing to do, church. Just take a note. You can make sense of what you went through by the end of the night when you got home. Matthew 17, 15 says, Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has sieges and he's suffering, suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. Mm. I brought him to your disciples but they could not heal him. Mm, 17. Oh, unbelieving, meaning faithless. There's another version. The NIV probably says unbelieving, does it? But the version I want to use is faithless. And Jesus says these words, oh, unbelieving, faithless, and perverse. Now, when we say perverse, we think of really, ah, oh, yucky, I do, yucky stuff. But I want to lighten up on that somewhat but I will clarify perverseness at the end. And again it says, Oh, unbelieving, faithless, perverse generation. Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Notice there's two problems. Notice there's two words here. Unbelieving, faithless, and perverse generation. Jesus was saying, You can't handle the situation. You couldn't heal him. Uh, my son, my daughter, my, my spiritual family, you couldn't heal, heal this boy? It's because of two problems. Even though they're his disciples, they have two problems. Number one, they are faithless. And number two, they are perverse. It is possible for disciples, even Christians, to become faithless and even perverse. I have to, and perverse meaning sinful, fleshy with iniquities, just letting your flesh hang out and just doing crazy stuff. So he's, basically we've got here unbelieving believers. They're disconnected from God. Say disconnected. They've become doubters. They're not connected enough. They're not connected to the Word. They're not connected to the Holy Spirit. They're not connected in worship. They're going through the routine. They're not connected. 
they're faithless. They don't have faith to, to deal with the problems at hand. The other problem they've got is that they're perverse. That means they're disconnected from God, but they are connected to the world. They're perverse. Dual problems, faithless and perverse. They are, they're disconnected from God and they are connected to the world. They're children of God, they're disciples, but something is wrong. They have become perverse. The enemy is drawing them away from God and pushing them into the world. Now, I wanted to, de- now, I said what I said at the start on purpose. The girls went out last night and they partied, they'd enjoyed themselves. By the way, they didn't get drunk. Amen? They didn't get drunk. You can go out and have a good time. We're not saying you can't go out and have a good, because this is a pretty strong message. I want to just give some disclaimer that we party hard. If you see the old fields in party mode, we, we leave every wedding partied out, and uh, we enjoy dancing. We're going to do that in April the 26th, amen? And I hope that dance floor is big enough, because we're going to get the whole place dancing. So there's a problem the enemy is pulling them into the world. Matthew 17, 18. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed from the moment, from that moment. 19, 17, 19, Matthew. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? So here comes Jesus again. And he says in 20, he replied, because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Who believes that? Who who believes mountains? We've seen through this church, mountains moved. We've seen the council move. When it said we couldn't build a church on this property, we saw the council, and a lot of the people who've been in this house a long time know that that council, that were obstinate and absolutely made up their mind and said, no way, you will not. I even had a counselor ring me up 7 o'clock Friday, Friday night and said, Phil, I'm a man of faith. Trust me, you will not get that DA through to build that church. It will not happen. And he was waxing, not waxing, but he was tenderly appealing with me, just wanting to save us. He said, Phil, save your people's money, save your time. It ain't gonna happen. And 10 minutes of that. And I'm just wanting to believe him because he's so sincere. But after 10 minutes of that, standing on my back roof, building my house with a nail bag on, we're talking to this guy at seven o'clock Friday night, I said to him, it was just an instant response. I didn't mean to say it, but I said, until God says otherwise, we're going to persist with the DA and we're going to believe that your counsel will pass it in Jesus' name. He said, well, I warned you, but so be it. Mountains can be moved. Because of your unbelief, my disciples don't believe in great things. You're not believing for great things. You're not believing that he will upkeep you. You're not believing that he will anoint you, give you dreams beyond your imagination. You're faithless. You're unbelieving. Unbelieving believers, we call them. They're just going through the routine. God says, I'm not pleased with that. You're perverse. You're plugging into the wrong things, into the world, disconnected from me. That's a powerful statement. You're plugging into the world. Jesus is good. He doesn't leave them there. 
He wants to solve the problem and he gives them the solution. But if we're really to check our heart out, we know that there's something wrong. Sometimes we go through this season and all of us go through it, that whereby if you search deep in your heart, you know that you've disconnected from God. You know you've disconnected from the Word. You know you've disconnected from the Holy Spirit. You've disconnected and you've connected into the world. Amen? Say amen to that. Then Jesus says what to do about it, Matthew 17, 21. Now, you're going to have a, find a problem in the NIV because it's not in there. But in the New King James Version, it is. However, this kind does not go, come out except by prayer and fasting. Say prayer and fasting. So the problem is unbelief and perverseness. Sins, perverseness meaning sinfulness, we entangle ourselves in the world. The answer is prayer. Just as you're full of unbelief through lack of connection, when you pray, prayer is connection to God. Amen? And when you fast, fasting is disconnecting from the world. When you pray, you're connecting to God. And when you fast, you disconnect from the world. I've dis disconnected myself from the fridge. Stop leaving food around, by the way, especially walnuts. When you girls go away, I look at those walnuts, those walnuts. I wonder if I could juice those walnuts when I can tomorrow. Uh, those bananas, I love bananas. Oh. But I've disconnected myself and my flesh appetite. My body is crying out. Would you feed me? No. You will be subjected to me, body. Listen to myself. <laughs> me, myself, and I. And when you fast, fasting is disconnected, disconnecting you from, this is why sometimes you just got to proclaim war in the situation of your life. Oh, I've gone to this church and that church and I've read that, I've read the Bible, I've been to the conference of Joyce Meyer and yeah, but you might need to fast and pray. Amen. God bless you. So the solution is prayer and fasting. Give the Lord a hand. It's too quiet in here. And when you fast. I love what you said this morning. You didn't even know it, but you said, and when you fast, you quoted Matthew 6, 17. You stood up here this morning. You didn't even know. But the Bible does say, doesn't it, Evan? You've been to Bible college. You said, and when you fast. It's not, oh, your pastors will fast. The priests will, the, you know. No, it says you people, when you fast. Amen? So prayer will reconnect me to God and fasting will disconnect me from the, the world. Sin and things that will pull me away from God. Isn't that fantastic? Let's believe for 21 days that somehow, some way, that we can disconnect from sin, disconnect from selfishness, disconnect from the world, and connect with our almighty God. Work that out how you do it. Fast. Look, there's only one way I know how to fast, so I'm not going to put that on you. But there must be some way you can fast. Do you like this? Do you like that? You work it out and you know the cost and I'm going to fast that. It's going to kill me. My body's crying out for it. But you know what? You can do it. You can do it in Jesus' name. I'm disconnecting from the things that are spoiling my anointing, my calling, and reconnecting to God in His presence. Say amen to that. You'll be able to get back into your word. You'll be able to worship again. It'll be awesome. We're not fasting, by the way, and praying to get God to move, to make Him do something. We're just simply saying, God, we just want to live in your presence. 
And we, as Candace said, we are in such gratitude for our salvation. And the other thing we're saying through fasting, God, I depend on you. I don't depend on anything else but you. I'm depending on you for my family, my home, my career. I'm depending on you for my spiritual walk, for my walk and my talk, amen? I'm depending on you to live my life the best way I can. It's not unreasonable. It's not ridiculous to keep yourself alive to God, to fast and to pray. Say, I went to the doctor and the only thing that's wrong with me, thank you Jesus, is my cholesterol's a little bit high and I know why that is. Don't tease me. And um, Candace is always teasing me with cheesecakes. And um, I know why that is. So I come away from the doctor and I adjust my diet. I adjust my diet to bring my health back into good health. What's the problem with fasting to bring my spiritual fervor back and my passion for God? What's so wrong with, is that so ridiculous to do that? That I want to be on fire as a minister of C3 Tugra? I don't just want to stroll in here and serve up anything and just drag myself around here and go, oh, you know, whatever, you know, you people, you know, get your own food, you know, you know. No, I want to come in here leading the way. I want to lead by example. I want to lead you into the promised land, into your best life, amen. I want to lead you into wealth, health, and peace of mind. I want that. Fasting allows you to focus on eternal things, and I read this, and it was amazing, C.S. Lewis said, and I got this from another blog, if you read history, you will find that Christians who do most for the present world were precisely those who thought most of the next, meaning heaven. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world, that's where you're going to live forever, by the way, that they have become so ineffective in this. All right, so let's think about heaven, you know. Colossians 3.1 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. By the way, he's praying for you there too. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your minds on things above. On things above, not on earthly things. Be careful, careful how much Facebook, careful how much TV, to be honest, The TV is just about done and dusted for me. 137 channels on Foxtel and I still can't find anything. What's wrong? I gotta go back to the God station every time. So Greg Laurie says on the first Sunday of this year, Pastor Greg Greg Laurie, who knows him, world-renowned evangelist, he said to his church in January just a couple of weeks ago, and sometimes I like to clarify prophetically what I feel in the spirit, I like to get a consensus of opinion from other great men of God or pastors or prophets, and I like to hear what they're saying too. And I love what he said. Pastor Greg Laurie shared with his congregation at California's Harvest Church how belief in and perception of heaven affects Christians' lives on earth. He encouraged church members to be heavenly minded through 2.14 and beyond. Does that sound reasonable? He says it's crucial to think about heaven. Your belief in the afterlife has everything to do with how you live in the before life. (laughs) Talk about Revelations chapter 4, verse 8 to 11. This is what it says about heavenly worship, and I did love the worship tonight. For Revelations 4, 8 says, Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around. 
even under his wings, day and night, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, say forever and ever. The 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. Say forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O Lord God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things, all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. That's awesome. He says, worship is happening in heaven. Let your will be done as it is in heaven. Let it be done on earth. All that worship that's happening in there, let it be done on earth. I'd like to see my whole street worshiping God, by the way. Amen. So he says, I'm on, on this earth to bring, I just grabbed some of these statements I thought were so fantastic. He says, I'm on this earth to bring glory to God. These are the marching orders for 214. I'm not here to pursue pleasure. I'm here to pursue God. When you seek to fulfill the purpose you were created for, which is to know and glorify God and worship God, you will find the happiness that you have been seeking all your days. Amen? God created us for his, for his own pleasure. According to Isaiah 43, verse 7, and Ephesians 1, 11 to 12, he said, singing songs to God is not the only way to worship, Laurie's clarified, for it is possible to sing songs and not worship God at all. Whoa. There are many ways to glorify God, the pastor said. We are to glorify him in all that we do with our lives. According to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, whatever you do, glorify God in it, in your business, in your academics, in your music, in your sport, whatever it is. And he says, let's ask ourselves this year, am I glorifying God in what I do? Do I glorify God in my free time? Do I glorify God by the kinds of friends I have? Do I glorify God with my money? Give the Lord a hand there. And to explain the heavenly-minded stuff, Colossians 3, 5 to 10. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, that's perverseness. That's what Jesus is talking about. That perverseness, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. That's perverseness right there, which is idolatry. That's perverseness. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Amen? And to have it and to have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of the Creator. So Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's saying this, there's three issues here. Paul talks about three sins in here. One of them is this, sexual immorality. Now, I'm not going to go there, but man, what I'm seeing on TV. Come on, guys. I mean, we had video, music video clips. I mean, uh, maybe we had Madonna too, man. You know, but oh my God, what has happened? What are we doing? It's, it's not even sexy. It's just ugly. It's not even sexy, God. Can someone tell them? Can someone tell Miley Cyrus, it looks dreadful. And as a mother, when she has children, she's going she's gonna to really regret it. Amen? Someone needs to save that kid. I love her as a comedian, by the way, when she was in that show. She was awesome. She could have been the next Lucille Ball. 
She's got a brilliant comic timing. What has she done? She sold herself out to the spirit of the world. Three things, sexual immorality, idolatry, anger, meanness, and slander. That's, that's what perverseness is. Jesus, to be heavenly minded, we need to put Jesus first in our life from the thoughts we think to the friends we choose to the way we spend our time. Laurie, this is still Greg Laurie's still. Laurie said, reminding the congregation, you are a citizen of heaven. It's time to start acting like one. And when you think about heaven, you can think about revival. You don't think about revival when you don't think about heaven. But I think about revival a lot. That means an enlightened atmosphere in a given church where God is pregnant with his busyness to do all sorts of great stuff. He's healing, he's blessing, he's recovering, he's knocking on the head, depression and sickness and demons and man, all that's happening. You're just, just in the house. You're just in, no one's praying for you even. But all that busyness and we had that for four years. We had, I believe, an historical revival in Wong. Let it be said, let it be on record. I've got great um, critique of what revival is from the best, and I believe that, that Crossroads, which was C3 Tugger, C3 Tugger Crossroads, it had genuine revival for four years. That means that drug addicts were coming in and getting crazily saved, demons were flying, drug addicts, I mean, people were just blessed beyond comprehension, and people were healed, people were just changed and transformed. Revival is real. I would love revival for this church, amen? I would love for you to come in, and you do. I believe we do have a sense of revival in this house. The atmospheric presence of God, say that. The atmospheric presence of God that surrounds you, you can have it at home or in this church. And I believe it's gonna grow, the atmospheric presence in this church. How can we accomplish it? How can we do that? I just gotta give a little teaching here about the struggle of the body, soul, and the spirit. Your body is about you. It wants to satisfy itself. It's all about you. It will tell you to do crazy things. It will tell you to sleep with someone. It will tell you to do crazy stuff. It's all about your flesh. My, my body wants me to, to, to ram raid a fridge right now. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? But I'm telling my body, body, you're just not going anywhere. You're not going to do crazy stuff. Amen? What is your soul? Your soul is about your emotions. And you get your emotional hits from people. People make you happy, some people make you mad. But your emotions, your soul, your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. Your soul is your emotions, and your emotions, your emotions love to get fixes off people. But this is the deal. Whatever you feed is the strongest. And I'll tell you this, if you feed your spirit, so I've mentioned the body, if you bring that under subjection, I've mentioned your soul, that needs to be renewed of the mind, your emotions need to be intact, but if you let your spirit man, which is the born again component of you, if you let that come alive, it will take dominion over your body. 
Your emotions will be crying out, oh, what have you like on my body? You understand what it is, and your body will start crying, and, 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 and your spirit's going, oh, now, where are we going now, you know? You know? And, and your spirit's, spirit's saying to your, your emotions and your body, guys, come on, come on, come on, we can do this. We can go to church today. We can worship God. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, let's do this. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to worship God. I don't want to lift my hands. I don't want to give either. And the body's going, well, if that emotion's no, I'm not doing anything, man. I'm not going anywhere. But you know what? When you bring your body under subjection, when you bring your spirit, when you bring your body under subjection, your emotions just have to follow because your spirit, being in control now, leads the way. So, body goes, I'm just going where they're going. I'm going to church, going to my Bible, going to fast, going to give. Whatever you feed in your life will be the strongest. If you feed your Body, I will be satisfied at all costs. Two pizzas, bottle of Coke, uh, two DVDs, and uh, yeah, I'll go out later tonight too. If your body is saying that to you, and you're letting that body rule and reign in your life, you're going to be jerked around all over the planet, and you will die an early, early death, and you won't give glory to God. Amen? Did I say that too harsh, guy? Is it, can, I re, can I recoil that? Can I put? If you let your spirit come alive and feed on the spirit and worship God, get into your Bible, come to church, reside in the presence of God, walk in, under the sunshine of heaven, walk under the smile of heaven, and man, you're just feeling, wow, where's this joy? Why do I feel like laughing? Huh, why do I feel like giving? Why do, I, why, do I feel like, why do I feel like going up to that person and spreading the good news? Why do I feel like this? It's because your spirit man is saying, Charlie, come here. We're going over here. All right, soul, soul and, and body, you're coming over here. Come on, come on. Here we go. Come on, we're going in there. And, and you're going into awkward situations. You're going into job interviews and you're presenting yourself like you're the, you know, you get the job and it all works through normal life, this stuff. But if you're cowering, you go into job interviews, of course you're not going to get the job. Go in there with your spirit. Go in there with your spirit, with confidence. Is that good? Give the Lord a hand. I think I got through that already. That's going to help someone. Whatever you feed, that'll be the strongest thing in your life. If you feed that body with what it wants, your spirit is just going to be tied up. It's going to be like Paul and Silas just singing praises in the dungeon. Whoa, we could have lived a good life. We had a destiny. But now this loser... Anyway, (laughs) Prayer and fast, disconnecting your body from the power source. Your emotions say, your emotions will actually say this, Psalm 103 verse 1, nearly finished. David, when he put his emotions in check, his soul in check, David says in 103 verse 1, oh, praise the Lord, O oh my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. That's what you're going to say. You're going to be like David when you put your soul in place, when you put your body in place and let your spirit man have it say. Nothing else impresses God than seeking God. This is an awesome time we're in, this 21 days of prayer and fasting. There's three R's that I want to talk to you about, and it's in the fasting uh, chapter, Isaiah 58. It's the fasting chapter, and it's talking about rearranging your life. It's talking about your emotions. It's talking about how you treat people, how you deal with people, the way you think. If you look at Isaiah 58, it really talks about 
bring in your life to a place where you, your life will be rearranged for good. God chose this fast. This was a fast that was chosen. It means your whole life. It was for a period. It's not forever. You can't live in fast zone, but you certainly can do it for a time. You might do it for three days. You might do it for seven. You might do it for 10. You might do it for 21. All power to you. Three things that happen, three promises that kick in when you begin your fast and prayer. These things will happen. These three promises. Isaiah 58 verse 8. Three thens they are. Say thens. Three thens will happen to you. Thens. T-H-E-N. Three thens will happen to you. Three promises. Isaiah 58, the first one. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Your healing to your marriage. Your healing to your body, to your finances. The healing is the first one. The healing to your spiritual life. Two, Isaiah 58 verse 8 still. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. I love that scripture. That means what's the righteousness? That's your right standing with God. Say right standing with God. That's your right position in God. That's you aligned with God. Your right alignment with your assignment. Say right alignment with your assignment. When you're disconnected from God, entangled in the world, you're out of alignment. When you're connected with God, disconnected from the world, you're aligned with God. Amen? When you're disconnected from God and you're connected to the world, you're out of alignment. When you're reconnected through fasting and praying to God and you unplug the power source, you unplug the power source of the world from your body. And if that means a fast, it's not ridiculous. It's not far-fetched. When you fast, the Bible says, whoa, you will find yourself in right alignment. Three Isaiah 58 verse 9, then you will call and the Lord will answer. How many, how many people here need that, the prayers that need to be answered? Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. So what were the three things? Healing. Thank you, Katrina. You're jotting down notes. I know you do. You're awesome. If you want notes of the sermon, please see Katrina. He says three things will happen when we fast and pray. Healing. Holiness, right standing with God, righteousness with God, and also He will help you. He will help you supernaturally. Help is on the way. I'm done. Father in heaven, let's stand. Awesome God. That's why we fast. Now, young Christians, please. This is for this is for when we get serious as Christians. You firstly need to get saved. And um this is what we do to, to move mountains. This is what we do to get released from blockages, to hear God's voice. This is what we do to deal with demonic, demonic stuff that is on our life maybe. We fast and pray. We like to think we can do it every year. 21 days prayer and fasting, and the movement does actually. 21 days. Father in heaven, we come before you. Eyes closed. Father in heaven, we just come before you right now and say, Lord... I, heard, I just heard your strong teaching, Lord, about fasting and praying. And you said, a faithless, perverse generation. Lord, your word says in 1 John that if we confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us of all our sin 
and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, would you cleanse us right now? Just say that right now. Lord, would you, would you forgive me of all my sin? Cleanse me of all the world's entanglements. Forgive me, Lord God, I've been plugged into the world. I've disconnected from you. Jesus, forgive me. You're the Lord of my life. I turn my back on darkness and I look to the light as of tonight. You're the source of, I depend on you. Just say these prayers after me. I depend on you. I cleave to you for mortal life. I cleave to you for everything that you have for me in my life. I depend on you, trust in you explicitly, Lord. Lord, I'm speaking to my soul. Soul, worship God. Just like David said in Psalm 103, with all my inmost being, I will praise the Lord. Body, you're coming along for the ride. You're gonna serve my spirit, man. Body, you're gonna be fit. You're gonna be healthy. You're gonna be trim and fit. Spirit, please, bring my body under subjection. Bring my soul under subjection. My mind, my will, my emotions. Spirit, I give it permission to worship the Lord, to carry the Bible around, to enter into the presence of God at will. Spirit, forgive me that I've starved you and that I've allowed my, my body to be strong and to rule over my life. Soul, you will be renewed of the mind and you will prosper. As your, as your body will prosper, your soul will prosper. And what does the Bible say? And you will prosper in everything, in all ways. Father, tonight I've heard a strong message. I'm not being condemned by it. I've heard the words of Jesus. And I receive the words of Jesus under my heart to know that this is serious, Lord. Lord, I don't want one foot in the world and I don't want one foot in your kingdom. But I can't do that any longer. I need my body to be whole and solely in your kingdom, in your presence. My friends need me to be. They need me to see me victorious. They need me to, to be absolutely genuine with my walk in Christ. And so right now, Lord God, I pray, align me. Align me to my assignment in life in Jesus' name. Align me in righteousness, in healing, Align me, dear God. Lifting up holy hands right now. And I believe the Lord's doing something. Someone's crossing the line. Someone's making their mind up. They're unplugging from the world. They've been meddling with something. They've been engaging in things that are not godly. I just pray right now, just like a PowerPoint, you'd unplug yourself from those ungodly things, whatever they are. Unplug yourself from them right now. And in Jesus' name, cut the plug off. Cut the plug off so you can't plug it in again. Jesus, I want to be plugged into you. Now you'll find a plug. It's a Holy Ghost. Just plug that into the Lord right now and approach Him right now. Say, Jesus, I lift up holy hands to you and I pray. Search my heart. Receive me now. Cleanse me now. Renew my faith.
hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.